together to worship God tonight. Special welcome to you campus. Great to see you again, if you've been here many, many times. And even better to see you if it's the first time you've been here. And of course, welcome to you if you're joining us online. Now, if we were to be praising the God who made everything, and perhaps you're thinking, actually, I don't know very much about him, what would be the, the thing that would be on your list? What sort of things would be on your list to say, ah, oh, let's praise God because? There's loads. But one of the things that's right at the top of our list is what we're going to be singing about now. It's how God, the God who made everything, gave his son to rescue people like us. So, when the music starts, let's stand and sing, to God be the glory.
You know, people spend lots of money to be able to spend time with important people. I heard that somebody paid £200,000 to have dinner with a world leader. But we've got something better than that. We can talk to the God who made it. The God who controls everything. And if it were you, what would you be saying to God now? See whether you agree with my prayer or not. Because praying is talking to the God who made us. So let's pray together. Oh Lord God, we're so glad that we can talk to you. That you gave your son to make it possible for people like us to talk to the God who made everything. And Lord, we know that you know us. And we know that there are things in our hearts that we're not proud of, things that we're ashamed of. And we're so glad that for everyone who trusts Jesus, they can be completely forgiven, completely washed away, can be completely dealt with forever. So Lord, as, as we come to learn about you today, oh Lord, we pray that you will open our ears so we can hear, that you'll keep us awake, that you will open our hearts to hear what you're telling us, And Lord, we we ask that you will show us something about yourself. So that we don't just know about God as some vague idea, but we come to know you for ourselves. So be with us now. Help us to please you, to know you, and to know your love. Amen. Well now, um, James is going to read, read to us from the Bible as something that Jesus taught when he was on earth. Okay, so if you'd like to turn to page 842 in the Church Bibles. Our reading tonight is from Mark chapter 7 and we're going to start at verse 1 to 5. So it's page 842, Mark chapter 7, verse 1 to 5. Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? 
and we carry on in the same chapter and we're going to go to verse 14 to 23. And he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart but his stomach, and it is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. And he rose and from, oh that's it, 23. (laughs) Thank you very much and so read God's word. Thank you. Thanks James. So in our first song, we thank God for sending his son. And when Jesus came, was he going to have a happy life or a sad life? Well, we're going to be singing now about the fact that he was a man of sorrows. He had to go through an awful lot of betrayal, rejection, also, all but also that he could make it possible for people like us to be right with God. So you'll see what he went through for people like us. So let's sing when the music starts.
We're going to pray again, so let's pray. Oh Lord our God, we ask that you'll help us to pray. Give us the right words and the right thoughts as we come to you, the one who knows everything, the one who is so holy, so pure, so powerful, so awesome. And yet you call us to come to you as our Father in heaven. Oh Lord, I do ask that all of us will see a little more of how you see us. Oh Lord, we've been singing about the debt that every Christian has that has been paid because Jesus died for our sins. And Lord, I ask that each one of your children will understand how blessed they are, how good you've been to them, that the debt is paid completely. There's nothing they need to do to begin to try to pay for it because Jesus has paid it all. And Lord, you you know sometimes we are more miserable about life than we should be. We sometimes feel that we've got a bit of a hard deal. But Lord, if we're yours, help us to understand and rejoice that you love us and you loved us so much that you gave your only son to die for us while we were still your enemies. Oh Lord, we are so glad that you did that and we pray that you'll help us to rest in the fact that because you gave your son, you're not going to leave us without anything that we really need. That we can trust you with the things that worry us about our health or our jobs or our families or the future. Oh Father, we thank you you know and we thank you that You promised to work out even the hardest things for our good. And we pray that you'll help us to trust you. And Lord, we ask that those of our friends who don't know what it is to belong to you, to be part of your family, will be given an appetite to understand what it means to be forgiven, to be loved by a God who never changes, a God who never lets anyone down. Oh Lord, we pray especially for camp. Lord, we ask that as there's teaching from your word, we pray that that will be clear and that people will be ready to listen. We pray that the camp will have a a great time. They have a sense of you being with them that you'll keep them safe, that they'll have a good time whatever the weather is. But Lord, we pray that they'll have some sunshine. And Lord, we pray for all of us in our weeks. Lord, you know the week that we have had. And Lord, we pray for forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong or the things that we should have done that we haven't. And you know exactly how this next week's going to pan out. Lord, we ask that you will keep us close to you. And we pray that 
we will be looking for opportunities to share how good you are. Oh Lord, we thank you that we look forward to hearing John explain your word to us. We pray you'll help him and we pray that you'll take the words that he speaks and make them hit home in our hearts so that it changes our lives to make us more like Jesus. Amen. So we've got another Bible reading. This one is on page 1021 in the Church Bible. It's in the first letter that John wrote to some of the churches. It's in the first chapter of that letter. And I'm going to start reading at verse 5. So, this is how God's word reads. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We're going to sing again and then after that John's going to be teaching us from God's word. So our, our, our third song is about the joy of being right with God, reconciled, reconciled to God forever. So let's stand when the music starts.
So, Dirty and Clean is our title, and there's a nice dirty picture and then a sparkling symbol of cleans, clean and cleanliness as well on the screen. And uh, dirt is something, isn't it, which goes hand in hand with camping, usually. Living outside, the open air, grass, walks, and uh, especially when you have a wet start. I guess there's been a fair bit of mud around the tents, or was particularly yesterday. I don't know if you're supposed to take your shoes off um, as you go into your tent, but perhaps that hasn't always been followed, and maybe some of the ground sheets are pretty brown, or were yesterday. Maybe some of your clothes already got pretty muddy on the walks or games or being around because we had a wet start. Dirt and camping. Funny, yesterday I was uh, talking uh, with my parents and uh, they just started to memorise about our, our holidays and mum talked about the time when we went on holiday to a campsite at a place called Muddiford. Well, the clue is in the name. And uh, within no time at all, me and my friend were back at the caravan, plastered, covered in all sorts of mud and dirt. And my brother pitched in, yes, and that was the same every time. So I guess I was a, a muddy youngsters. Mud, dirt, camping often go hand in hand, much to the horror of parents and others who've got to clean up after what's happened. Now, being dirty and clean uh, was in uh, both of our Bible readings that we had this evening. And they will get us thinking about dirt and clean, but they're thinking about more than just mud and shower gel. And uh, I want us to look, because I think it's very important, at what the Bible teaches about this theme of dirty and being clean. So, first we're going to think about being dirty, especially from the chapter that James read from. And in Mark 7, uh, Jesus is dealing with some of the religious leaders and it's clear that they're concerned about dirt on the outside. The word defilement came up a lot, perhaps you don't come across that, and uh, there's a bit more meaning to it, but in some ways it's a bit like dirt, it's a bit like being unclean, and they were concerned about being dirty, unclean on the outside. They pick up on Jesus' disciples, because they haven't washed their hands before they tuck into their food. And this wasn't just about <coughs> germs and, and hygiene in that way, they, they thought the disciples might have touched a person who'd done wrong things. And therefore, the, the wrong things would have been affecting their hands and it would have got onto their food and it would have got inside of them. And they didn't want them to be contaminated by that stuff which was on the outside and which was dirty. And people can get very concerned about being clean on the outside about the dirt that is on the outside. I don't know how often you shower or you wash. I don't know any potions you take with you to the toilets, to the bathrooms. Some people are very fussy about washing their hands, obsessive sometimes. 
Some are horrified if they find a, a dirty spot on their face or a stain on their clothes. And it's good to be concerned about hygiene, there's reasons from that, but it's not the big problem. It's not the big problem. There's something else to be more concerned about than dirt on the outside. And when Jesus talks later to his disciples about what happened with these religious leaders, he says that dirt, defilement, contamination on the outside is not the big deal. This is what he said in verse 14 of Mark 7. Hear me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. So Jesus says the big trouble is not dirt on the outside, not the mud, not the stains. He said the big trouble is dirt on the inside dirt on the inside. That is the big issue according to Jesus. It's about being stained, unclean, filthy in our hearts. And he goes on to give a a list of things that come out of our hearts which are unclean or dirty or wrong before God. I wonder if you understand uh, some of these words. They're they're in verses 20 to 23. He He says, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of the man, and in this 13 things come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, that's sexual looseness, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person, they make a person unclean or dirty. I wonder if you're worried about inner dirt. You're worried maybe about outer dirt. You've got good standards of hygiene. Are you are you bothered about inner dirt? Are some of the things that we read there coming out of of your heart? I'm going to read it through again. And as I do so, think which of these things do you find sometimes come out of your own heart? Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts. It's unkind towards others. Sexual immorality. Theft, wanting to steal something. Murder, wanting to really hurt someone. Adultery, wanting to do what's wrong sexually. Coveting, really greedy for something that's not ours. Wickedness. Deceit, wanting to say things that are untrue, never mind if people are deceived and make fools of themselves. Sensuality, envy, jealous of others. Slander, wanting to say things that are going to ruin their reputation. Pride, thinking too much of ourselves. Foolishness, 
Do these things come out of your heart? Yes, they do. I know that they do. They come out of your heart, they come out of my heart. Have you ever stopped to think about how much spews out of your heart, which is just so unattractive? You ever thought about how nasty some of these things are? How damaging they are to others? How wrong they are before God? And we can't blame others. Where do they come from? They come out of our hearts. Not not there. It's not going here, coming out of our hearts. They're, They're from us. Sometimes when people are having medical treatment, they have a, a dye that's put in them to see what's happening in their heart. We've had it done, some of the older members of our family, and, and the dye goes in somewhere in a vein, uh, a vein or artery in the leg, and it goes up and round, and they analyse what happens, and they see it on the screen, and the dye goes into the heart, and they can see what's going on in the heart. helps them to know what they've got to do to treat the person. But these verses, they show what's going on in our hearts. Sometimes you hear of sewage, raw sewage. That's what goes flush down the toilet. Raw sewage being sort of just emptied out into the sea or the rivers. You think, how shocking, how awful it is that all this poo and stuff is just going out there. And yet the Bible really says that our heart is like, it's like a pipe spilling out horrible sewage. There's just such horrible stuff inside of us which keeps coming out. And when God puts his light on it, we, we start to realise. Talking to somebody this morning about a camp talk. Would you believe it's... Uh, probably, we reckon, over 35 years ago. And they remembered a a leader doing a talk, a good memory, about, um, uh, the leader had a a pair of trousers that it brought in and the lights were off and the trousers were in a a corner and and the leader said to the the campers on the talk, are these uh, trousers clean? And most people, yeah, yeah, they look clean, look right to me. And then the light was put on and the trousers were brought out of the corner and they were just covered in mud and filthy. There's no way you'd wear them as the light shone on them. And as God shines his light on our hearts, and maybe that's happening this evening as we've looked at these verses, we start to realise, yuck! Oh, what spews out of my heart, which is so unkind which is so damaging, which is so wrong. And we start to get concerned about the dirt on the inside. Dirty on the inside, Jesus says, is our big problem. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And if we realise that and God shines his light on what's going on there, it makes us want to come to the second half of the talk this evening, which is about being clean. 
some people are more concerned about being clean than others. I don't know if it's still like this, but when I was a leader for many years, often uh, there was uh, lots of the girls who wanted to be in the, in the toilets and sorted things out. It was a bit of a job to, to make sure that they came out and went down to the tent in time, but uh, there was no problem with the, with the lads' toilets. Uh, they didn't seem to know what a flannel was or what soap was, and they weren't very bothered. We had uh, one lad on one week, and he... All, all week, I think all seven days, he wore the same yellow T-shirt, although yes, less yellow as the week went on, and he didn't seem to be bothered. Some people are, are more concerned about outside cleanliness than others. When I'm not lecturing about personal hygiene and uh, such things this evening, but how concerned are you about being clean of the stuff that's inside. Okay, you may wear your yellow t-shirt all week. But what about inside? Well, the Bible has good news because it talks about ways in which you can be clean inside. And there are two passages, one of which we read and another one which I want to just bring in, which talk about that sort of cleaning. I just want to say two things about it from those passages. The first is this, that cleaning comes from God. Cleaning comes from God. There's a, there's a great uh, song in the Old Testament, a psalm. It's a prayer, really. And if you're bothered about what's going on in your heart and your life, it's a, it's a good one for you to look at And maybe it will give you some words to say and to pray. It's Psalm 51. And in it, David looks to God because he realises that he's made a real mess and done some really bad things. And he looks to God to clean him from all that dirt, that sin and that stain. And maybe just Drawing attention to one or two of the verses might help you to realise there is hope for those who are really aware of how unclean they are inside. It starts like this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgression, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He can pray to God because God can do something about it. In verse 7 he puts it even more brightly. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Well, is there anything whiter than freshly fallen snow which is just so bright and glaring and beautiful? And that God can make us whiter than snow. God can even start making the heart purer. So he says in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, when I became a Christian, uh, people um, had different things that they go through, different things that God teaches them. Um, 
And I remember getting to the point for me, I was in my teens, and uh, I just felt as though, if you like, my soul was like a, a dirty sheet covered with stains, and I couldn't get them out. I could do nothing to clean it, but I could hand it over to God, who was able to clean it. And that's how this person feels in this prayer. He knows that cleaning comes from a God who is merciful and able to deal with the situation. So that's, that's the first step of the good news, isn't it? Cleaning comes from God. Well, how does he clean? And that brings us to the second part. And this is the second thing I want to get across here. Cleaning comes through Jesus. Cleaning comes through Jesus. We read a bit from 1 John, that's John's first letter, and it reminds us that we're dark and that we're dirty, and that God is light. But it also tells us how we can get rid of that dirt, of the things that are unclean, the things that are a stain. There's a lot to this passage, but I'm just going to pick out the bits that will help us for our theme this evening. And it says this in verse 7. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I love that little phrase, don't you? The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus cleans you think, well, it's strange, isn't it? I suppose colours sometimes clean. Toilets are often clean with chemicals that are intensely blue. Well, this isn't blue, it's red. It's the blood of Jesus, but it has a, a power to clean. There's a lot in the Bible and the Old Testament about blood cleaning, but let's keep it simple this evening. It cleans because it takes away all the dirt. It takes away all the dirt onto the cross of Christ. So Jesus dying on the cross, bleeding and dying, takes away the sin of others. Not all. Not all toilets and bathrooms are are connected to the sort of big sewerage system in a country. Sometimes it goes down in what are rather horribly called a cesspit. It all goes into a big tank. And then vehicles come, tanks, and they take away all that's in the cesspit and take it off elsewhere so that it's no longer on the premises and no longer a problem. It's as if God in his mercy takes away all the horrible, smelly filth of our lives. And it's in a tanker, if you like, being taken away. And if we go round the front of the tanker, it's like a bus. Sometimes buses have the destination. They're aiming for Brighton, they're aiming for Tunbridge Wells. And you, you look at the, there's a signpost on the top of the tanker and it says, to the cross. And all of the filth of our pride our immorality, our hatefulness, our unkindness is loaded on a tanker and it's taken to the cross of Jesus 
And even though he did no wrong, and even though he was the Son of God, he decides and offers and agrees to take it and the shame and the guilt and the punishment there on the cross. And he does it for all sin for those who come to him and trust in him. Because it says, the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses from all sin. So all 13 things that are on that list, some of which you thought, oh yes, I do that. Oh yes, I've thought like that lots of times. Jesus is able to take it in the tanker away to the cross and get rid of it so it's no longer on your premises. And that's wonderful news. That you can be clean because of the blood of Christ. That if you put your trust not in yourself, but in Jesus, all of the guilt is taken away. Oh, the joy, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to his cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. If we trust in Jesus and we confess our sins to him, sorry that we've done wrong, wanting him as Lord and wanting to go forward his way, there is cleansing. John adds in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you want to be clean? I'm not looking this way sometimes because I especially want you to be listening, but I'm also looking this way and I'm looking that way and I'm looking at the camera and I'm saying, do you, do you want to be clean from all sin of your heart which has spilled out over the years. Go to Jesus. Put your trust in him. Confess your sin to him. And there, there is cleansing for all sin. I used to help on camp for many years as a leader. And at the end of camp, one of the things I looked forward to was a, a big hot soak. We tended to shower through most of the year, but after camp there was a, there was a hot soak in the bath. Looked forward to that, and afterwards just felt so good to be clean after the mess of a week's camp. And you know what? If you go to Jesus, confessing your sin putting your trust in him, it feels so good to be thoroughly washed and cleaned by Jesus who came into the world and went to the cross to die for others. In your dirt and uncleanness, go to him. He is the one who is able to clean. And we're going to sing about that in our two hymns we've got. I wanted two lines of thought for us to finish. The first uh, hymn, first song, is an invitation. It encourages us to come to Christ so that he might wash away our sins. So that's the first one we're seeing, And then we'll lead straight on to the second one, which will remind us about how that happens. 
and we're come and see, come and see and our minds will be directed to the cross. So do think through what we've heard this evening as it's reflected in these songs and make it a, a personal prayer.
are reminded tonight that we, we need cleaning. So many things come out of our heart which are wrong before you. We thank you that there is cleansing available. That you sent your son into the world to die on the cross so that we might be clean. Remind us of how wonderful the love of Jesus is and draw some for the first time to put their trust in him and to confess their sins, we pray. Amen.